Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we need your ear. Wes and Nino are back for another long overdue, amazing podcast coming up of PJ's Black Circle. It's going to be a good one today. It's been a while. It's good to be back on the microphone. What about you, Wes? Are, are you there on your mic? I'm here, man. I'm here. Oh, my God. He is. The, the, he, mic, jacked. the mic is hot today. The mic is hot. Ready jacked, to go, man. He's jacked on Mountain Dew, dude. I can tell. There's just so much good stuff in life right now. Honestly, Pearl Jam's yes. got some cool stuff coming, and Ed's doing some fun stuff. It is a good time to be alive. Thank you. Well, you're, Good to see well, you. Thank you. Great to be seen, and it's awesome to see you as well, too. Uh, so... Let's, um, before we talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing today, you already kind of brought up something fun that, you know, there are some things shaken down in the Pearl Jam world, right? You said Ed's got some fun stuff. So what have you seen? What have you heard? What's new? We talked about, we talked about him, some of his solo stuff last time, right? So he came out with Long Way and, and now he's got halves that had come out. I don't know if we, we spoke about that last episode or not, but. We also has a new tour. His new tour is coming out. I sent you a text message on this. An Eddie Solo sure tour. Coming to Ben Royal too, man. Are you going to try to go? Uh, two nights, yes. Uh, I've already submitted all my info for it. So I tell you what, dude. If we hit the lotto, you got airline miles, right? Yeah, I do. Okay. okay. You see where I'm going with are, this. All right, right, I like you this. you want to go see oh. Eddie Vedder? At an all-star packed lineup at Royal Hall at the end of February, if if I pull this magic off. Dude, that'd be so perfect, because my wife's birthday is on the 22nd of February. So, so then you'll leave for no, her no, birthday? No, That's no, perfect. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> She, The whole family would likely come. So if you listen, if you could make that happen, mm. dude, I would. I got some time to, to, to peel off for, for work. Maybe I could take the, the little boy out of, out of kindergarten for a few days. That'd be That'd be epic, man. I think for for the nature of the betterment of your child's musical advancement, yes, even though he won't be going, but it, it's all for the greater good. So, okay, well, we're going to try and make this happen. So you put it in for two? For, that all you can two do, nights. right? Two, two nights. Yeah, for, yep. for two tickets each night? Two, two tickets each night just because they're crazy expensive. I'm like, oh my gosh, are we going to a U2 concert? Like, what the hell's going on? But What was the face value on it? 300 bucks? Well, uh, it's going to be about 180 bucks a piece. Okay. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Oh, well, sure, dude. But, you know, by the I mean, time you go a couple nights in a row, sure, you're just like, sure. uh, oh, my God, that's $800. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the good thing is, like you said, man, we are in a different universe now. The universe has yeah. shifted. And I had some dialogue with, with a, a buddy of mine about what they're going to do in North America. And we are they already rescheduled the European tour. Yep. Which was the 2022, or now it's rescheduled into 2022, of course, right? Yep. So I, I was thinking that, the, I mean, maybe you know this better, but I'm sure the Pearl Jam tour, not quite per- Eddie Vedder and the Earthlings, we can talk about that again, maybe. Yes, which has yes. got me a little nervous again. I did I see, I did see a little notice that <laughs> Josh Klinghoffer of Pearl Jam. So again, my radar is going way off the rails here. <laughs> <clears throat> But I wonder what they're going to do for the Pearl Jam tour for 2022. If they're just going to stick to the same dates as as the postponed tour, or are they going to maybe shift some stuff around? Well, here's what's good. You know, anytime Eddie does a solo, it's it's a good warm up. He, he's getting the pipes ready. 
ready to unload. And uh, no, it, it, it has to be coming. So I figure everyone else is touring. There's concerts abound. You know, I can't stop buying concert tickets uh, to stuff coming up over the next year. And uh, so I'm hoping, you know, if I get in with this Eddie show, it's, it's, it's you know, I got to take a break on Ticketmaster for a while. So which is kind of a good segue into what we're trying to do today. So today we are going to present a terrible scenario to all of our listeners. So the scenario is, well, I guess it, yeah, it, it would suck pretty bad. Yeah, but this is not th- a good scenario. But there are ways to get out of the scenario. So the scenario is, we've been waiting two years, wherever you live, maybe longer, maybe your whole life to go to a Pearl Jam show. They're coming to your town. They are ready. The show is happening tonight. You guys have been ready, getting jacked, probably already pre-funkin', getting ready to go. You make your way into the stadium. You get in there. 65,000 people ready to tear the roof off, however many are in there. Pearl Jam does not show up. They cannot make it to the show. We'll call it maybe... Car failure. Car failure. (laughs) You know, there was a storm, a terrible plague. Locusts, right? Act of God, ran out of gas, forgot what time it was. Doesn't matter what happened, but they will not be at the show tonight. Everybody's crushed. Everybody's crushed. Everybody's crushed. But because of Pearl Jam's amazing relationships with all of their musical friends around the world, they have hand-selected stand-in musicians to do a three-hour Pearl Jam show. So there will be no right answer to these questions. Whatever we choose and whoever we pick to stand in will never be the right answer, and it will never be as good as the real thing. But we need to, on the behalf of Pearl Jam, let's say, just for the fun of this show, we need to hand select who is going to be the lead guitarist, who's going to stand in for Mike, who's going to be on drums, who's slapping the bass, a little rhythm guitar, little keyboard action off to the side. Boom, can't make it, right? And then the hardest one probably to replace will be the front man of Mr. Said, Ed Ved. So, not an awesome scenario, but the only stipulation is needs to be a musician that is alive currently as of today. So we cannot choose, okay, I'm going to bring Jimi Hendrix is going to you know, be my lead guitar player. I'm going to have, you know, like Jim Morrison come and front the band. You know, it has to be real live musicians at the age they are today. That's right. No prime, not in the prime. They need to show up tonight. Right. So I can't be like, I want Mick Jagger from 1974 to show up and do the show. No, it would be Mick Jagger from 2021, let's say. So... I don't know. What are your thoughts about this crazy thing? I mean, oh, my God, that would just be a nightmare. But someone's got to the show must go on. We cannot cancel this show. Right. There's a few places that I took this. And this is a really awesome little experiment that you you pitched on to me. So uh, bravo and really well done. Kind of articulating what we're going to do here. So really good job. Thanks. dude. It was it was difficult because I wanted to what I wanted to to try to do was I could easily just picked 
my favorite musicians from that are still around, of course, and just put them all together and yeah. said, okay, this is what I want to hear. But would that have been, or then I thought, well, that wouldn't probably sound like a Pearl Jam show. I came to a Pearl Jam show. A lot. Right. I, I want to hear something that mimics as closely as I can to a Pearl Jam show. So that's, I think I leaned more closely to that than I did. Just give me my favorite musician, put them all together. So Right. Yeah, you're right. Because we could just put like a superstar lineup up there. And I, my mind was on that too. But who really has their pulse on the style of the music? Not necessarily, you know, just get the best musicians and just like the biggest name stars. Yeah, that would be totally awesome to just throw like an all star band up there and just watch them do Pearl Jam songs. I mean, that in its own right would be pretty cool. But who really has their pulse on the flavor of what Pearl Jam is and how they sound and what they stand for. So it's super difficult. It was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. But then again, Wes and I being, you know, kind of insane Pearl Jam fans, you know, we we overthink it. We overcalculate it. We're, you know, it's just it's too hard to choose because we know it'll never be the same. So where would you like to start? Which instrument or whatever. Okay. So would you like to go? Sometimes with? in life, it's best to work big to small. But in oh. this instance, I think it's best to work small to big. I think so too. So let's start. Now, I also was scratching my head a little bit, even though I, yes, Boom is a part of the band. I didn't quite have a keyboardist that I can put in there, but let's start with Boom. Let's start with Boom. Okay. All right. Okay. So I just prefaced slightly that I, I don't know this guy's name at all. Okay. 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 And again, I was partially thinking, is he going to ask for a replacement for Boom? So I had one queued up anyway. Some of my fondest memories as a young child was sitting in with sitting with my father and in like this, like it laying down, like this is like as a like four or five or six. So super young. And he would always love uh, Yes, the band Yes. Very good. Okay. So I also enjoy some yes. Roundabout is fantastic, and a few other <clears throat> um, other songs that I can't really put my my finger on from yes. But I would choose to replace Boom for one show. Whoever the keyboardist is for yes, final answer. I don't know this guy's name. He's terrific. Keep, let me see <laughs> if I can remember who this guy is. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think his name's Anthony and Tony. Let me see if. I, oh, my gosh, I'm right. His name is Tony Kane. Tony Kane from Yes does the keyboards okay. and backup vocals. And man, I'm looking at a band photo of Yes. The hair. Amazing. It, it's almost rivals the hair from uh, Boston. Like, that's how good. The now, hair I don't even know if this guy's alive, though. So I'm hoping he is. I think he is. because I think Yes just got put into. Yeah. Uh, he into, could be. Yeah, he could be. So, all right. All right. So now we got for yes. you. Okay. <laughs> now, now we're having separate groups here. This is who I choose, right? And you have a yes. Person, yes. So. And a, a reminder to all of our ladies and gentlemen that are listening to us that always do. You, as a reminder, Wes and I do not coordinate the major ideas of our shows. Everything's free flowing. We don't say, okay, who are you going to pick before? Who are you going to pick? Let's kind of build a show around that. We have a topic and we just go. 
which is what either makes our podcast super fun for people to listen to or like the worst thing you've ever heard. But I think in the spirit of this, okay, so definitely growing up around the same time frame, there were a lot of bands that utilized the keyboard right. to make a much more full sound. So I was thinking, okay, anybody current, you know, I kind of like the guy from Incubus. Chris oh, I love Kilmer. Incubus. Man. Pretty good, pretty good. And I was like, okay, not bad, not bad. But, you know, Incubus is not really like a Pearl Jam type thing, okay? Now, I grew up listening to massive, uh, just glossy glam 80s butt rock hair bands so my favorite band at the time was bon jovi so david bryan is the keyboardist for bon jovi and he was always amazing and i loved him in the videos even though i loved him i'm still like no you know it's not really exactly what i'm looking for so i chose jonathan kane who was an original member and is still a member of Journey. Hey! So if you're picking yes, I'm going with Journey. Now, this guy, he is a musical virtuoso. He's amazing. He can do pretty much anything. And I think since a lot of the boys in the band will kind of pull from this era of music, you know, that influenced them to what the music they're doing today. So we've got a member of Journey in Nino's band. That's so cool because I think we both had a challenge with this because like you said, you can't find a lot of rock bands that really, at least modern rock bands, and I'd say modern 30 years ago, right. that really are have a dedicated keyboardist. So yeah, it was a chat. That was a hard one for me. And again, I don't even know. Oh, okay. if Mr. Yeah. I don't even know if Mr. Kane from Yes is still around. I'm hoping he is. So otherwise you are short a member <laughs> right. for this replacement show. That's right. He's already failing. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> so let's go. Then I would say, let's move to drums. And this was a fun one. This the drums. Mm. So replacing Matt Cameron. So why don't you go okay. first on this one? Okay. So when I brought up this topic, I had to ask around to some folks. I asked my wife, I asked Greg. Okay. So Greg couldn't be with us today. Talking with G money. I was like, Greg, we got it. We got a spot. You know, who are we going to choose? Right. So, you know, this one, you could go a million different ways. Not that drummers are a dime a dozen, like maybe a lead guitarist could be potentially. But I need someone that is going to sustain all the way through. Right. So a part of me was wanting to be like super sneaky and then choose Matt Cameron again and just be like, I'm choosing Matt Cameron from Soundgarden, Soundgarden. you know, but you can't. That's just kind of cheating. Right. Okay. So I was thinking, OK, well, maybe, you know, I kind of like Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine. He's super steady. Right. He's kind of he reminds me of a Matt Cameron. He plays very upright, you know, back straight. He's just, you know. Nails the parts, nails the drums. There's not a ton of flair, and he just, you know, does an amazing show. I'm like, no, well, that's not really, that's not Pearl Jammy enough. You know what I'm saying? Greg was like, oh, dude, it's super easy. Just put Dave Ambrose's behind the drums. Mm-hmm. He's not in a band right now. He knows Pearl Jam. He's alive. He lives in the area. Let's just put, of course, 
Dave Ambrosese back there, right? And I was like, shit, dude, that makes complete sense to me. I like Dave Ambrosese. But I I didn't. I love Dave Ambrosese. It's totally awesome, dude. So this one will be my first kind of like, okay, it is kind of an all-star drummer. Okay. Okay. You know where I'm going? I hope you didn't go where I went because I'm thinking you maybe did. I'm hoping that's okay. Okay. And it's okay if we pick the same person. It's not a problem. But um, this person, you know, doesn't really play the drums too much. I know at live shows. I know right? you're, it's it's the same. He guy. rocks. He rocks the front. It's right? the same guy, he's, man. He's we the, the same dude. God dang he it. He plays. But I was but so excited to give this one too. I was like, if I'm he, gonna have, I'm gonna have you do it. I'm gonna have you announce. So okay, who are we, unbeknownst to each other? Well, well, well don't tell. So don't tell yours yet. I'm, let me tell you what the reason why I chose this person. Okay. First. Okay. Okay. So again, back to the the project was to. Find people that tried to mimic Pearl Jam, okay, right, in some right. way, some fashion. Now this 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 could this drummer has been from the forefront of the grunge scene, right? Very mm-hmm. infancy of the grunge yep. scene. Oh yeah, the epitome of grunge. This guy yeah. here, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk He's goofy about goofy looking yeah. too, you know? And one of my favorite favorite parcels of any song from the '90s is the intro. To smells like Teen Spirit, yes. The drums in Smells Like Teen Spirit will light you up. I've never yep. heard it's it's and this this drummer also plays for Queens of the Stone Age, spills in there, mm-hmm. and does a terrific job. And I think if it man, a part of me wants to put a little super group here today. Maybe he can rock a little mic too back there. I know Matt Cameron does. Of may, course, my main man Dave Grohl, of course, Dave drums. Grohl. It, you know, that one for me was kind that of was an easy like one. A, a no-brainer. No-brainer. Right? No-brainer. Now, since I just saw Dave a couple weeks ago, I saw Food Fighters. It was amazing. And what's really cool is when Taylor comes off the drums and does uh, some Queen rendition songs, of course, Dave gets on the drums, right? Mm-hmm. And so, obviously... He, He's an amazing musician. I've been laughing my butt off. I don't know if you've been watching the, uh, you know, how Dave last year with one of his buddies did like the the Nights of Hanukkah and he does a different song every day. Well, he's doing it again this year. And it's so hilarious. He did um, Barry Manilow's Copacabana. And it's so freaking funny. He did Lisa Loeb stay and he did like this death metal tune. So there's nothing Dave can't do. He wrote a book. He's super big, and he just seems like the coolest guy. So we got Dave on the drums. Yeah, that was a perfect. I think that was a beautiful fit. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, easy fit. Easy All right, fit for me. All right, where do you want to go next? Okay, this is gonna be a tough one because I'm gonna put it right to your boy where where Stone would be. Okay, on the side. You want to go so rhythm guitar? We gotta go rhythm guitar. Okay, okay. right now. Let, let me go first on this one. Go ahead. And pi- Okay. Uh, no. Okay. Well, I'm going to set it up a little bit. Set it up. Yeah. Set it up. All right. A lot of rhythm guitar players out there. Amazing rhythm guitar players. And you could very well say you could take a lead guitar player and put them in a rhythm guitar player spot and they would do just fine. So it's kind of hard, you know, when you're really trying like to differentiate a pure lead guitarist versus a rhythm guitarist, there is going to be that separation there. Just think of what Mike does on stage and think of what Stone does on stage, right? And there's kind of where you want to be. 
So you're going to have Mike, who's just going to melt your face off with his solos, right? And just ton of energy, walking in circles on the stage. It's a beautiful thing. You got Stone. Just over the years, you know, he just, his hair keeps changing, right? Keeps tapping his foot. He's always got that little kind of tap foot dance. You know, he just kind of holds it down. So very difficult to choose because there are a lot of rhythm guitar players that are still performing that have been playing from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And then you've got a lot of bands that came out with Pearl Jam, post Pearl Jam that you could possibly put in there. So it's it's going to be tough. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be uh, no right answer, no matter who we choose. Okay. So well done. Tell me what you're thinking. All right. Same philosophy with with drums I'm using for this rhythm guitar. And like you said, mm. it's. And I do, I think I caught myself when you were saying that because I didn't, I, for my lead guitarist, I have a shredding your face off kind of guy. Okay. Yes. Now this guy here is not, I'm sure he has elements that will shred your face off, but I don't know if he's quite, right. he's quite the guy like a Mike or the guy that I'm picked for my lead guitarist. <clears throat> so I think it fits. I think it fits in the box of rhythm guitars okay. Okay. in this exercise and back to this guy is a front runner when it comes to a grunge scene. Mm. Another infancy baby when it comes to the grunge Seattle scene. One of the most iconic, for me, iconic little intros and, and riffs. Oh my God, I'm getting excited. What is, is, it? is, I'm, okay. is, my, is Man in the Box, dude. Oh, and, and Mr. very good. And Mr. Jerry Cantrell is still rocking, mm-hmm. rocking the guitar. And Jerry, oh Jerry is, I think, a perfect little. He has beautiful little intro riffs, just like Stone does. Mm-hmm. He can play it. He can play it soft. He can play it a little bit hard. I think this mm. fits in that grunge box. It's going to sound just like Pearl Jam. This is my guy, Jerry Cantrell. Bring a little hair to the hair to the show. That's pretty much the best pick you could possibly choose. Now, who else besides Jerry were you somewhat considering, or were you just like, nope? This is it right into my mind right away. I don't even need to think about it. I don't. Yeah, it wasn't really even a thought. It was Jerry. Because again, my brain was, I wanted to sound like a Pearl Jam show. And shit, Jerry Cantrell is still touring. This guy fits. Put him in there. Didn't he's so awesome, it. dude. I've seen it. I've seen Jerry a couple times, and he's just he's amazing. Plus, then you have he's a Seattle vocal, guy too, and he's got a vocal got, component too. You got the vocal element, dude. Yeah, man. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, your pick will probably trump mine as far as I want to say like the correct pick, even though this is a game and we are kind of playing this. So I went a little bit of a different direction. So let me tell you some of the folks I was considering first. OK, now part of me just wanted to throw Pete Townsend up there. OK, okay. because of the who sure because of where Eddie's inspiration is, they they know each other, right? They have a good feel. So I'm like, fuck yeah, let's get some more windmill action on stage. Pete Townsend, even though he is kind of a little bit more on that combination of rhythm lead guitarist at times, depending on what song he's playing. I was like, oh my God, well, yeah, we got we got to put someone from The Who up there, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it'd be cool, but I wasn't, for me personally, I wasn't feeling it. I'm sure 
it's kind of funny what I would imagine like Eddie and the boys to pick. Like imagine them trying to like do this exercise be like, okay, we got a show. Who are we calling? Who would we want to represent us for a, as Eddie would say, O-T-O-T-O, one time, one time only show, right? Maybe they would have picked Neil. Neil could have done it. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. You also got Neil, right? right. You Did got you have Neil on the list? <laughs> no, I did not put Neil on there. And so, because I'm trying to throw a little variety into my band oh, for fun. Okay. Okay. okay, so another one, I was thinking, I was like, well, I'm just going to put James Hetfield up there. Mm. He is a rhythm guitar player, and he will just shred and melt your face off. However, it's not really not playing really like stone, yeah. right? Not really the sound, yeah. Then I was kind of like, maybe I put Lenny Kravitz out there. Okay. Lenny, good old Lenny. He's amazing. That would be so cool. Imagine Dave on the drums and Lenny Kravitz like on rhythm guitar. Like look how look at the look of what this band is gonna so you're be. You're building you're yeah, you're building a super group at this I'm point. I'm not picking Lenny. Okay. I'm not and I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll do James Eha from Smashing Pumpkins. Amazing, dude. Little Smashing Pumpkins, little Pearl Jam at the time. When Smashing Pumpkins came to town. I saw the show at the Moore Theater, super small place. It kind of was the spurn for this show because they were doing a show in Portland, got the massive rain and massive flooding, and their equipment truck could not make it into Seattle. So the Smashing Pumpkins showed up with zero equipment, and they reached out to the local boys of Pearl Jam and Allison Chains to donate. Mm. their their instruments to the show and what i vividly remember and you're gonna like this kind of after the encore they're like hey you know we're actually want to give a shout out to our local boys here in seattle and uh billy was trying to be funny he's like look i'm ed i got his microphone look at me i'm eddie vetter right and James is like, look, I got Stone's guitar. I'm <laughs> Stone, right? And it was just really kind of a cool little thing, right? So it speaks, again, volumes to the, the, local, guys, the yeah. local community that, you know, the boys out here in the Northwest will, are very supportive, okay? Um, I also had a vote for um, the bro of Chris Robinson for the Black Crows. I can't remember his name but he is great. But I had to go. I went a little punky with this one. Okay. Okay. So I went with a musician, a little bit punky, but all rhythm guitar. Attitudes there would be amazing in the grunge scene. And I went with Joan Jett. Interesting. So I am going to put Joan Jett up there for Stone. Because she, I think, would give an amazing feel and sound and element to a live show. And I can just imagine Dave banging on the drums, Joan Jett one leg up on the riser, getting in there in the pocket, right? Doing doing a little bit of this with my boy from uh, Journey, right? So I definitely uh, was you know, always kind of wanting to put a little bit of uh, some female element into this band because I think it would really kind of suit what's been going on in the local mainstream lately with uh, Brandy Carlisle 
fronting and doing some Soundgarden songs. And so I'm really kind of liking this mashup and these mix-ups and and it's and it's a whole new way to listen to a music it's not what we listen to on the cd at all right but when i'm seeing what the bands are choosing and who they're picking i'm like damn this is like some really fine ideas so i've got Hmm. i got some joan jett okay little punky girl with spiky black hair yeah that's that's way out of left field for me i know (laughs) i was i'm gonna surprise you today dude okay all right yeah hey that's that works that works so do you want to move to bass slap it dude okay slap it all right well this so your your comment about joan jett makes some interesting kind of interesting pivots that I could take this and I, I'm not going to mm-hmm. choose this, but it, it brought up a, a Carrie Brownstein kind of interesting, uh, little take on bass guitar. I just typed it in as you were talking. Cause I was like, ah, you know, Sleater Kenny, mm-hmm. that makes, that could work. You know, she's got oh, yeah. clearly a part of the scene that could bring a little bit of a spice as far as, like you said, a little diversity on the group. Adding, right. adding a female bass guitarist. I know Smashing Pumpkins, I think, has a female bass guitarist too, I believe. Mm-hmm. They they flip around quite a bit, yeah. So Carrie, Carrie would have been interesting, but I was limited. So your breadth of knowledge when it comes to other musicians and other bands is much more wide scope than mine. I've mentioned this. It's been documented on this podcast. <laughs> we documented it. Right, so, <laughs> so my... My level of amount of bass guitarists were very limited. I know Chris Novoselic. So Chris Novoselic, of course, from Nirvana. Wise choice. Could have, yes, could, have been a, could have been a choice there. Kind of an uh, old homage to, to the grunge scene again. Yes. But, but I went a little bit more super group here. Now, Chris Novoselic could have been what was, was, was considering my choice. I think he's like a governor or mayor of a town in, in like Aberdeen or something like this. So he's kind of, yeah, he's yeah. still relevant. I don't know if he plays anymore, but he does. does he, he does. Okay. Oh yeah. He comes around. Yeah. Now, he so does things. that could have worked for my Dave Grohl connection, grunge connection, but instead yep. I went with the more flashy pick mm-hmm. a little socks on Cox action. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so, so I went with just my, the most famous bass guitarist I could think of. Which is my guy Flea. I don't think it works. I don't know if it works. I doubt it. He's probably going to be too much, too heavy, too heavy, too too much Flea. But that was my choice, Flea, to replace Jeff. It's probably overshadowing some at times, but okay. So at the top of my list, I have Flea. Okay. Okay. And not so much because of who he is and what he does on stage for the Chili Peppers, but. His musicianship, I mean, you could just look at him if you don't really like follow them too much and just kind of write him off just on base what you see. Like, um, I'm totally making a decision on this person based on how they look, right? However, he is extraordinarily knowledgeable on just a wide variety of styles of music, and he does a lot of kind of benefit shows um, in and around the California area and has been known to kind of help and teach in uh, some local like high school bands and do like some shows. And it's really cool. So he can do a lot. He also I also saw him 
in, step in and do a tour with Jane's Addiction. So when my wife and I went down to Portland to see Jane's Addiction, it was Flea on bass. And then you had, uh, then of course you had Perry on. Perry Farrell. Yeah. Perry on the mic. And then you had Dave on the guitar and their drummer was kind of going in and out. Honestly, I'm sorry. I can't remember who it is, but he filled in awesomely for a Jane's Addiction sound, which definitely has like this kind of red hot chili peppers. There is this kind of like punky connection for sure, but it was seamless. Now I was torn because I was like, why don't I just put Paul McCartney out there? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Paul McCartney and Pete Townsend at the front of the stage. Like how amazing would that be to see those guys up on stage doing Pearl Jam songs? I, I would blow my mind. I don't know what it would be or what it would look like, but you know, Paul can do pretty much anything and he just needs to sit there and play the bass kind of like what Jeff Jeff does. does. Exactly. Jeff, Jeff pops around, you know, and he'll headbang a little bit, but he just kind of, you know, he's pretty much in his element. Yeah. His place. And that was a concern of mine for picking flea because Jeff. Yes. Doesn't quite. I mean, outside of a few songs, Jeremy or why go or a handful Mm -hmm. of others that it's really forefront bass. Yes. Does kind of get hidden behind course our guy ed and mike so that was my concern was putting flea in there who's so charismatic and kind of over the top like this would have been too much (laughs) but imagine okay imagine flea and joan jett and dave grohl all up there talk about like energy personified like insanity oh my gosh it'd be crazy so i'm not getting off the base train just yet so another part of me i was like well why don't i just put ben shepherd up there from soundgarden He's local. He lives in the area. He knows everybody. He knows the music. He knows the feel. And I was just like, well, you know, that would be perfect. Almost too easy. I would kind of like to see a Jerry Cantrell, Ben Shepard, Pearl Jam cover band up there would be like totally awesome. Like that would sound amazing. So I was torn between Flea and I was torn between my main man, Duff McKagan. Mm, Duff, another, that's right. yeah. another local boy. That's true. Right? Tacoma kid. Um, awesome. And I've seen him do some benefit shows. And really, I don't think there's anything this guy can't. He's close. Do. And he's close to the band, too. He's close to right? the band. Yeah. That's All those choice. guys. So I, I want to see Flea up there, but I'm going to put duff up there for some bass because he can do everything from when he stood in and did um the symphony shows with mike mccready and they were doing all mad season songs he was the guy that was up there right when they would open for pearl jam quite a bit um, mud honey mud honey mud honey right so mud okay. honey so you've got Okay, so basically what I've seen is you've got uh, Duff also a couple years ago did this rooftop show on top of Pike's Place with a lot of the band members of Mudhoney and Mike McCready on lead guitar doing a whole punk rock set of Iggy Pop and the Stooges. It's freaking awesome, dude. I know you're not a big, you know, like super punky dude, but if you have a chance to like get that or listen to that, you've got Mark Arm. At the front, you got Duff, you got Mike, 
And I want to say it's uh, Baron Martin, if I'm saying that Barrett Martin from Mud Honey was up there, not Mud Honey, but um, Mad Season as well. It was like a super group. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Duff's in good. He's in good with the band. He's going to have the feel down. I'm going Duff. I think that's a great choice. I think that's wonderful. Yes, yeah, straight up the middle, baby. Straight up the middle. All right. Why don't you Why don't you kick us for the lead guitar then? Oh. This is when it got difficult. Really difficult for me. The next two it's choices. Super hard. <clears throat> it's super hard because I would respect any of the folks that I was thinking of. And I really think a lot about Mike's inspiration and who he talks about and who he mimics, not mimics, but where he's gotten his style from and where his growth comes from. So, of course, I cannot pick Stevie Ray Vaughan because Mike is a huge stevie ray vaughn fan he's talked about it numerous times that's why he plays the stratocaster he plays that's why he wore the fucking build hat in the beginning of pearl jam i mean everything was stevie 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 right so i'm like you know who's still alive fucking jimmy page why don't you just put jimmy page from the best rock and roll band of all time led zeppelin up there Nothing that guy couldn't do. It would be totally, totally amazing. So I was like, but uh, is it too easy? So I'm like, oh, I didn't. I, I kind of feel like now I should actually put him up there. Now that I'm getting myself all pumped up on. I'm like, dude, you got to have someone from Led Zeppelin up there. And then I was thinking, well, you know, because we're not going to quite get to the fronting of the band because i'm like well do you put robert plant out there to sing for eddie i mean do you put him up there at 77 years old and not that age is a thing dude can still sing he can sing low he can sing high so i'm like part of me i like i gotta have someone from led zeppelin up on stage (sighs) so i was like no then i I had jerry cantrell there because he's kind of a lead guitarist Ah, for me okay right okay i also had dave navarro up there I was like, Dave Navarro, can he's just an amazing rock and roll guitarist, right? Mm-hmm. But I think about how Mike plays and he plays, you know, he can do pretty much anything. But when he gets into his solos, it's, you know, he's just moving one note into the next note. And it's just like, and he's just, it's very he's just killing it's it. It's very dude. seamless. Yes, he's a very smooth player. It is. So I'm like, okay, well, do I put Angus up there? Do I put Angus Young up there from ACDC? One of the other greatest bands of all, all time. Like for me, it's probably like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Pearl Jam. I don't know if it's necessarily in that order, but I mean, you got to talk about like some of the best rock and roll music of all time. You got to have those bands up there, right? All these guys are still kicking. Even Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath. Why don't you get him up there? I mean, you could go a million different ways. It's impossible to choose, right? Okay. okay. So I went with kind of like your flea pick. Like, I don't know if it would fit, but I think it would work. And I chose Kurt Hammett. So I chose Kurt Hammett from Metallica. Okay, that's a great pick. He's fantastic. Because he's he's not just relegated to the music he does in 
Metallica. Yeah. He's a virtuoso. He could do anything. Of course, I didn't even, you know, I could have went with Steve Vai or Ingwie Malmsteen. I could have just gone with like a ton of different guitar players, but I was keeping it kind of West Coast. I could see kind of Kurt and Joan up there with Dave. I don't know if I'm just going like, if we're just going all like brunettes on my band. Like, good thing my keyboardist, you know, from Journey has like blonde hair because he'll stand out. Right. But so it w- that one was super hard. But I've seen Kurt a million times and he's just he hits every note. He's super solid. He can do very much anything like any of the people I named. Now I'm thinking I should put Jimmy Page back up there, but I'll stick with my choice. And that's a good know, pick. It could it could change by next year. OK, so who All knows? Right. Well, I think that was a All good right. pick. You know, I think your shirt would say that's a good pick. You got a Metallica shirt. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Actually, I do. Yeah. So mine is a little bit different. Okay. And again, I've, I've prefaced this. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of folks I know in the in the industry outside of the, the band that I like. I think, of course, we we talked about like Audio Slave, right? So when when Chris Cornell went to and joined up with the Rage Against Machine guys, that, I don't think that guitar. Tom Morello, you think is that his name, right? Tom Morello, of course. Tom Fantastic, right? Terrific. It's different, it's way different sound, but he's a little more wiki, wiki, yeah. wiki. So, right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, of course, his skill set is terrific. Does I don't think it quite mimics what I would want to hear in this show, right? So, I, no. I, I passed on that. But then I started to think, okay, you know, like you said, Mike's got a very, he can play very beautiful. He can also, you know, mm-hmm. shred. He has very beautiful solos. And then I thought back of, you know, Eddie and this guy have a little connection. Eddie sometimes plays, this guy is kind of like a one-man type dude. He's a one-man okay. guy, right? He sings, okay. he plays a guitar, play, does everything, right? And he's a super kind of charismatic guy. And I remember, like, again, Eddie, I think it's, well, at least he's played a few of these covers of his at some shows he did at the Wrigley Show, which I, I loved, absolutely loved it. And he's kind of a weirder looking dude, right? And I like weird. I like he, weird looking. He, again, he's a, <laughs> I like weird looking dudes. It's that's it's so funny. <laughs> one of the one of the most interesting guitars I've ever heard play was on his song "Icky Thumb." Yeah, you know where I'm going now. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me, so tell me. My guy, ja- your, my Jack, my guy Jack White is with gonna, your Detroit action. Yeah, my guy Jack White's going to step in for Mike, and he's that's gonna, amazing, dude. And that gonna, would be so freaking awesome. He's got a little vocals there too. He's got he can play probably just like Mike, but he'll add a little Jack White flair to it. So Jack oh, White, I love that pick, dude. I think I almost like it better than mine because if I've got my Joan Jet, Jack White, Dave Grohl connection with Duff or Flea or oh my god, yeah, look like, at this. Now, I got, yeah, I got holy crap. I got Jack okay. White. I got Flea. I got Jerry Cantrell, Dave Grohl, and the dude from Yes. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. That sounds so amazing. So as a recap, I've got Jonathan Kane from Journey, right? Then I've got Duff, Joan Jett, and Kirk Hammett. And I'm loving the Jack White, and I still kind of want to put Jimmy Page back out there, but choices made got to keep going good call on the thanks Jack man White, thanks dude. man all right so i really want to yeah. i want to see him sometime i i need to see what his show is about because i hear it's amazing yeah I, I bet i've never really seen any either so okay now here's the hardest one it's the word i don't even want to do it okay because no matter what it is it's gonna now this one's it's this, gonna suck i think this i one, don't know this will be 
it should be pretty brief for me. Now, again, this was impossible to try to replace Ed, <clears throat> but why is it impossible to replace him? We got to tell people why we're thinking, why is it so hard to replace this guy? I guess probably because I don't want to see anything other that that's a big that's <laughs> yeah. a big reason why I go to a Pearl Jam show is to see my guy Ed and to you know to to experience yeah. Eddie and his his awesomeness, right? So that's that's yes. that's the real like if I all these guys that I've listed are fantastic, but and the replacement I have for Eddie is would probably do a great job. But that still would be okay. under I would still even I would take of course Eddie and some high school guitarists and drummers and I would still take that over listening to the band that I put together here. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. I would take a bunch of amateurs and Ed versus these rock stars that I have just this super band. Anyway, just my experience, just my preference. Of course, Eddie is a big part of the reason why I love Pearl Jam. We all know this. Now, for the lead vocals, I already have a bunch of vocals in there. I have Jerry Cantrell can sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have Jack White can sing a little bit. Fuck, I have yep. Dave, Dave Grohl. <laughs> so this guy, yeah, maybe, right? I don't even maybe need a lead singer. Maybe I just play. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> good call, dude. I don't even want to pick someone else, right? Yeah. <laughs> but now I I do, again, back to the emphasis of trying to illustrate and art- architect a beautiful side version of Pearl Jam. And I chose, this guy now does, I think, some solo stuff. I think he's actually now in country music, more, almost more so than anything else. But he started off as a lead singer of Stained. Oh, Aaron. Aaron Lewis. Yeah. He's got a very almost almost similar. uh, He's he's purposely tried to uh, sound like Ed, but he has a very Ed-like sound. And he's That's amazing. He's done he's amazing. He's done some he's done some covers of black, and it sounds terrific. And again, really? I think Aaron Luce has a lot of like, I want to be Eddie Vedder kind of in him. So mm. I choose Aaron mm. Lewis to be my front man. Again, I don't need a rock star, rock star. I just need a guy that can manage the mic, sound like him. I got the other guys that are doing that. Aaron Lewis, staying. Oh, dude. Anybody else that you were kind of considering while you were thinking? Not, I mean, I guess that kind that's it. Of- a- Wes is very decisive, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when he's got a, something in his mind, it's just kind of there. Again, like this one kind of, I was listening to some music when you text me this. I was like, this one came to my head. I was like, Aaron Lewis, that makes sense. I've heard him sing some stuff, do some covers yeah. of Pearl Jam. Like, that makes sense. It fits. Right. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. Now, many people Ooh. might not know who Aaron Lewis is, but... I think he's got, well, I think it's he's another guy that's very unassuming. Like if you just see this guy, you'd be like walking down the street. It's just dude walking down the street of Seattle or whatever. And then when he starts to sing, you're like, holy crap. Wow. That's coming out of that guy. Right. You know? Yeah. Amazing. Right. Well, of course, I just stressed out over this (laughs) choice. Right. For me, what the deal with Ed is he's this natural baritone. Right. And he can go from really low and he would go really high. And obviously over the years, it's it's changed a little bit and totally cool with that. So when I take one of my favorite songs, Given to Fly, I'm like, who can sing this song and go from the low to take it up to the high, bring it back down and float and do the whole thing? Super difficult to do, because when I think of a lot of the people I would you know, considering early on, I'm like, there's not a ton of variance. Like, okay, I could choose like 
Billy Joel Armstrong from Green Day. Sure. Right. Sure. Who would just rip the mic and ton of energy and people would love it. And but there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of vocal variance enough like in that kind of aspect for me. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe I take Maynard. Maybe I take Maynard James Keenan from Tool. He can do a huge range. Forget about the music. I'm just talking about now. He does a ton of other music besides too. I mean, he's in like three different bands and they all sound completely different. So he can do a lot of different things, but I didn't choose Maynard because I would just be like, Oh, it's, is it tool? Is it Pearl jam? Like who am I seeing here? Right? So I, I eliminated him. Um, I was thinking of Matt Bellamy from Muse. Interesting. Uh, which is a very interesting one because he is just really, really, really good. And he's an amazing guitar player on top of that. But again, like you, I love that comment is really sticking with me. Like, I don't need the superstar frontman rocker. I need someone that can just cut the mustard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, God, I got so many different ones. And then so I eliminated him. I for sure shit. I couldn't put my boy Kid Rock up there. <laughs> that would be a whole different. <laughs> that would be a whole different show. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking Corey Taylor from Slipknot and his other band is totally escaping me right now. I'm totally blanking on the microphone. Stone Sour, because I'm like, once I started hearing Corey doing the other songs in the stone sound I'm like wow his he goes very low and he can his pipes are amazing and he can do anything and I'm just like wow that would be tough because he's in his prime right now and he would just crush it right so I didn't choose him <laughs> so for me it kind of came oh no I didn't choose this guy I was thinking maybe the Detroit connection up there with Jack. I could put Bob Seeger on the mic. Oh, no, Bob. No, no, yes. No. Yeah, dude. Come no. on. Who do you want? You want Ted Nugent? Oh, I thought you were. That's who I thought you were saying. Ted Nugent. No, Bob Seeger. No, not really there either. <clears throat> <laughs> OK, fine. OK, so I was down to two. OK, I was down to two. I was down to uh, a, a gentleman. Uh, not as well known by the name of Paul David Hewson. Okay. Little boy, by the way, roundabout way of living in Ireland, right? Came up in a punk rock scene. Only fronted the biggest band uh, in the world yeah. at certain Bono. time. Bono. Bono and Eddie have been bros for a long time. That's a... And they've done a lot of work together. Now, Bono can, I don't know if he can go as low as Ed, but again, you have this superstar element where Bono is all about, he is the guy. Mm -hmm. He runs the show. Spotlight is on me. I'm controlling the crowd. I'm doing this. And he can raise the crowd up and he can bring them down. And he's just... He's like one of the he is one of the greatest frontmen of all time when he performs. It's just freaking stunning, really, is what it is. He is amazing. His catalog is huge. He's got soul. He can do it all. And I'm just like, is it too much? 
is it too much to have Bono, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> fronting Pearl Jam songs? And I'm just like, it would be so awesome, though. It would be so like if the crowd showed up and saw Bono, Dave Grohl, Kurt Hammett, Joan Jett, Duff McKagan, Jonathan Kane all walk out on stage and be like, I'm sorry, Pearl Jam couldn't make it tonight, but they called us to like stand in their place. I don't think anybody's going to be pissed off at that. No, I don't think so either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't think so either. But just to my but I didn't choose them. To my point earlier. Now, yeah, if this was a one show, I think all those guys could be just fine. But there's a reason right. why supergroups really aren't that amazing. Because right. you need to have some hierarchy. You can't have everybody being the best at what they do, because then it's just not going right. to work. Right. So proceed. Right. Proceed. Okay. So I was down to another local band, okay, that has been in the pipeline for 30 years and knows the music, knows it all, knows the crew. He could easily step in. His vocal range is a little on the higher side for my liking, but I think the feeling is there and the grunge is that I try not to say the grunge word, the G word today, mm -hmm. but the grunge feel. So I am choosing Kevin Martin from Candlebox, from Candlebox. dude had to be done because he has done an amazing job. I've watched him do some covers of Soundgarden songs, Pearl Jam songs, Temple of the Dog songs. And he's fantastic. And he's not this big, huge showman, right? He rocks out kind of like how Ed rocks out, right? Bopping around a little bit, walking on stage. But he's by no means flashy like a Bono, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, Kevin Martin's a great choice. And that's actually one of the guys that I do know. I actually saw Candlebox one time in person. Good for you. You can believe that. In I'm happy that you did that. in Milwaukee, <laughs> and it was great. It was like a Summerfest thing. It was it was probably ten years ago, twelve years ago, and we went. I had like two rows behind the, the 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 stage. I was like this close to Kevin Martin, and I didn't got his autograph. I think I talked to him for a little bit. What? Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't even think this guy's on your radar. I didn't even think Candlebox was. I thought I even brought this up in the Grunge episode. Like, does any what does the Seattle scene think of? Candlebox is this are they just like complete garbage or are they no no I don't think they're complete garbage at all I mean they just did two shows a couple weeks ago they did the Neptune um, a full-on acoustic show which is actually pretty good it's on YouTube you'll like that um, and then they did the next night at the Paramount a full-on rock show and they played I think Lucy the whole album start to finish and then a greatest hit set yeah it's good stuff I, man yeah, so I saw him do that. So I like that pick. I like that. It pick was a good one. Yeah, because again, I think you've hit the same side of philosophy that I was like. Kevin Martin's not going to overtake Jack, uh, Duff McKagan or any of the other guys. That's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. So for all the all of our listeners, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you have any other ideas, like how could you forget about X? I'm especially interested in who you think could take in Eddie's spot. Text us. Well, we don't do the text. Never mind. Twitter us. Yeah, do we're we on, do the Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. It's PJ. We do the Twitter. PJ Black Circle on Twitter and podcast PJ Black Circle at Gmail. So we have an email address too. It's also in the download. So yeah, anytime, man. 
anytime. Yeah, so do that. So how'd you feel about today? I thought it was good. I, I really kind of, I was kind of like almost like super excited because it's like, I'm going to catch him on Dave Grohl. He's not going to get Dave Grohl. <laughs> of course I'm going to. I'm going to catch him on Flea. I'm going to catch him on, <laughs> and I'm really going to catch him on Jack White. And I think, yeah, you did. I think you I did. caught you on Jack White. The other ones you had queued up. So bravo. No, it was good. Well, always a pleasure, my friend. This has been another well, uh, super fun episode. Or do you have one more? Yeah, no, I have. I just, I just have, I, we did have some listener feedback actually, if you want. Oh my yeah, God. Yes, know, please. Yeah. So, so yes, of course, this is from a long time listener. Uh, he had actually just listened to our set list episode not too long ago. So, he wanted us, he has us to share some of this as far as his choice for uh, his perfect set list or his the set list he would like to see. So Sure. Now he goes, I, now I don't remember our set list exactly that we built it, but I'm sure ours was flawless. But he went Long Road. He opened up with Long Road. And he does sprinkle in some, some gigatons. So he goes Present Tense, Immortality. Hmm. And then he goes into God's Dice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Rear View Mirror. And then, uh, so in the, this is so obviously in the first set, Brain of Jay, Hail, Hail. And then he goes into some gigaton with whoever said, do the evolution. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Do the evolution, corduroy, faithful, hard to imagine, last exit, even flow. So he gets some even flow. We'd probably get our beers at that time. Why, yeah. <laughs> Why go, which... I do. I wish I would have picked. Honestly, on our set list, I had some. I had some thoughts. I wish I would have put Garden in there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe why go? So then he goes Wash, Dissident, Glorify G, MFC, and Crop Duster for his first set. And then the oh my god, yeah, it's really I good. Love it. Yeah, Encore Break One. He got Super Blood Wolf Moon. I got it. Given to Fly, Not for You, and Parting Ways. And then he goes into the last set: Tremor Christ, Thin Air, Love Boat Captain. Oh, my favorite. Footsteps. And then he says at the end, everybody thinks they're going to do a live, but then they do Rocket in the Free World. So. Yeah, they are. You know, uh, you got to email and send that to me because what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my own kind of uh, set list playlist of that. I'm going to listen to that start to finish because I'm already like having special tingly feelings just listening to how amazing that set list is. And Hopefully one day, whoever you are, I would, if we ever meet at a Pearl Jam show, I don't know how it would ever work. I'm buying you the first round of beers for such an awesome set list. I just want to party with you, whoever you are out there. You are my kin and uh, I need that in my life. So kudos to uh, super, super fan number one for our PJ's Black Circle podcast. So, yes. All right, man. Super excited. Good job today. Well, until the next time we meet, my friend, everybody stay safe out there. And uh, I think next episode is number 20. 20. 20. We might have to do something 20 related. We don't know. It could be be a good one. Peace out, Wes. (laughs) 